according to the clock, we're just a little bit early still. But there's still people coming through the foyer. And uh, if you're here this morning and you're visiting with us, we are thrilled to have you here visiting. And if you'd be so kind as to just sneak your hand up a little bit and wave if you're a visitor. Just wave. <laughs> that way our church family will know who you are and they can greet you later in the service. Additionally, if you'll look on your, at your program that you got coming in, the very last page of it, you can detach that. That's a place where you can put your name and some information. If you want us to pray for you, put that down. And uh, if you want to just put your name down and let us know that you were here, that's great. If you want to call from one of our pastors later on this week, then put your phone number in there and ask for a call. And uh, isn't it great to be in God's house today? Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to kick it off this morning with a oldie but a goodie called Will the Circle Be Unbroken? It's in your praise book number 47. Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Number 47 in your praise book.
morning, everyone. Yeah, that was weak. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, much better, much better. Yeah. Father in heaven, thank you for a beautiful day and for letting us just be here with you. Lord, we just pray that you'll bless the music, the fellowship, the teaching, the teachers, and the students. And Lord, we do hold up every church service that's holding their services today. We just pray that you'll bless them if they're reading from your word and they're they're uh, worshiping by your spirit, Lord. We just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Wednesday night, um, I'd love to invite you to come to dinner and uh, Bible study. The dinner is at 6. Bible study starts at 6.45. And um, this week we're having teriyaki chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yum, yum. Uh, the Women's Bible Study on June 17th, that will be held at 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday in the fellowship room. You're welcome to, to come to that and invited. Men's Bible Study is on Tuesday mornings and it's at 10 o'clock and Pastor P.K. leads that and uh, there's always good music and good fellowship and good teaching there. So. Not to mention there's always some goodies too. Uh, so come to that uh, at 10 o'clock on Tuesday mornings in the fellowship room. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, hmm. You can see prayer requests. Uh, there's a number to call there. Uh, we want to thank Heaven Sent Flowers. Aren't these just beautiful? Women's Fellowship Potluck on July 29th. 2023, so it says, ladies, save the date. Alright? Any other announcements real quick? Mm -hmm. Right under the paper. Oh, yes. Thank you. Right here. Uh, so, there is a five-day club that's happening. Okay? And it's going to be for kids ages 5 to 12, uh, July 17th to the 21st, 10 a.m. to 12.30. It's going to be right here. You can contact Sue Campanelli about that. You look like you have a, do you know anything about this? Oh yeah, it is fun. It's the teens do all the teaching. It, every year we have about 30, 35 kids come. It's just a neat opportunity for younger kids to um, hear about the Lord. And there's flyers on the back table. Okay, perfect. Yeah, Bible lessons, memory verses, songs, prizes, fun activities, and great Okay. And then in addition to that, uh, we still need volunteers for our Sunday treats. Uh, we do Sunday treats every morning. Those of you who come over to Billy for coffee and donuts and brownies and different things like that. Uh, we sign up for one month. To, we do all the running around, picking those kind of things up. Some of you back them at home. And, uh, and then the church reimburses you for the cost of the treats. And... Uh, and uh, we've signed up for this month and next month, but after that, there's plenty of room for anyone that would want to volunteer. So uh, let's continue praise and worship this morning with a fun song. I don't think you'll hear this anywhere except at Pew Creek Baptist Church. So you're in a special place today, and uh, it's called Keep on the Sunny Side. It's in your praise book, number 58, and we have one more announcement. So if, you're gonna, if you can be preparing for that, we're going to start singing here in a minute. What you got going, Debbie? All right, I just want everybody to know that we are going to do a five-day club for children this year. Um, 
278 praise chorus, I love you Lord. We're just going to lift this up to you this morning, dear Jesus. We're just going to lift it up to you, number 78 and 2. service, Father, praying that you'll bless it all. In Jesus' name, amen. 
got a little special for you this morning and uh, been fighting uh, sinus, little cough, little itchy throat for a couple days and then I keep trying to practice and then I keep losing my voice. So, don't know what you're going to end up with today, really, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll be okay. And uh, I'm going to try to get my telephone to help me. Um, I want to do a shout out for Jeremy Rushton. Back here in the Jeremy works and works and works to get everything to go smooth and get everything on the website and things like that, which is a, quite a challenge, but he, he, uh, he works really hard for us and I appreciate him. So I just hope this song touches you. I just ran across it uh, lately and it had a few lines in there, a few lyrics that just first few times I heard it kind of broke my heart. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to share it with you this morning. It's called When I Get Where I'm Going. Shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years. And 
Johnny, could you get a chair for me? Please. So we're going to build Johnny for the extra tissues that are used today, okay? Because uh, that was a beautiful song. Is everybody ready to hear the word? Yes. yes. What we're going to do? Okay. You guys hear me back there okay? Okay, good. I won't ask you if you want to hear me. <laughs> Father in heaven, thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It's life itself. We thank you for the word that was spoken at creation, for the word that is living in Jesus Christ, and for the word that's written in many languages around the world, Lord. We just pray and hope that you will bless us with your Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and insight, discretion and understanding as we study your word and help us to apply it to our lives. We'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. If you want to turn to Psalm 11, just to, uh, if you want to follow along, I'm going to continue in the study that we uh, started several weeks ago called Keep Watching. And the study is based on what the Bible says is going to be happening in these last days in which we live. Some people take the newspaper and try to study it instead of taking the Bible and studying the newspaper. Newspapers are kind of not in fashion anymore, are they? That tells you how old I am, huh? Wow. Psalm 11, I, I picked this song because for me, it, it speaks to me about what's happening today in my life. So bear with me and just take it in, okay? And I'll explain it to you as we go. We have a lot of stuff to cover, but we will let you out by three for sure, okay? <laughs> just kidding for those who are new. <laughs> Psalm 11 says, and this is from David, and he's speaking to his counselors, okay? He says in verse 1, In the Lord I take refuge. And that should be each one of our prayer, each one of our mindset. Because what else are we going to take reference or a refuge in if it isn't the Lord? He says, now he's speaking to his counselors here, and he says, How can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? How can you say to me, run away? You know, I don't know about you, but when I think about what's happening in the world, I wish I owned 100 acres and had a cabin in the middle of it with no TV, no radio, no internet, no nothing, so I wouldn't know any bad news. <laughs> but how would you reach people that way? You know what I mean? How would we reach our world that way? He says, so he's speaking to his counselor, how then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain, run away? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows 
and the upright at heart. You know, believers are constantly being examined, tested, blessed, while the wicked continue in their sin on their way to eternal separation from God. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes the testing gets kind of heavy, don't it? You know that old saying that um, the reward, the, let's see, the reward is not worth the risk. In this case, the reward would be worth the risk. Okay? In this case, the blessing is worth the testing that we got to go through. So the wicked have their arrows aimed at the righteous, is basically what he's saying here. And you can see that today, can't you? People are calling what's evil good. And they're calling what's good evil. Oh, you go to church. Oh, you're one of those intolerant people that get blah, blah, blah. No. No, we're not intolerant at all. God's the one that's intolerant. He's intolerant of sin. Whether it be your sin, my sin, or their sin. Right? He loves us. He just doesn't love our sin. And He's helping us, or trying to help us, to live above our sinfulness. That's called walking in the Spirit. Well, he goes on. <clears throat> and this next verse really got to me. He says, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Are you getting this? When the foundations... I look at the United States of America... Put this verse in the United States of America. When the foundations of our country are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can we do? Pray. Yeah, we can pray. And you know, praying is more powerful than any political system that we could possibly vote in or anything. Prayer is definitely the way to, to strengthen and reverse this damage. He goes on in verse 4. He says, The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. To me, that says God is in control. He observes the sons of men. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence, His soul hates. Excuse <coughs> me. I don't think that God hates anyone, but I think He hates some things. Okay? The Bible specifically said, for so God loved the world, not the world system, but the people of the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now many of us here are parents. And I can tell you without uh, any doubt, I would not give my son or my daughter to die for anyone. I and mean, would you? Now, I might give myself to die, but I wouldn't give my son or daughter to die. That's got to be their choice. He goes on. He says, On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. The day is coming here, and it's, it's, it's really here, for judgment on all those who mock God's word. 
Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back, back to bring salvation to believers and judgment to unbelievers. Now, you know, some might say, well, gee, that doesn't sound very nice. But listen, when God sacrificed His own Son on the cross, and all He said is this, sign on the dotted line, and you can have eternal life. Sign up. All the work's been done. Your sins can be forgiven. And people don't do that. People make fun of that. Does God have a right to be angry? I would think so. Absolutely. He says this. He says, For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see His face. Turn with me if you want to. To uh, Let's see. Where am I here? Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to read out Second Timothy chapter 3 to you. First, before I do that, we've got people that were not here the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to give you a quick review of what's happening in our world today. All right? Point number one is there is a call for global government. Okay? The Bible specifically talks about that in Revelation chapter 13. Daniel talks about that. Point number two is they want to replace the elites, the globalist elites want to replace capitalism with a new economic system. That new economic system is called socialism. You will own nothing and be happy. No, I don't think so. The third thing is they are coming out with a global currency. We see that in Revelation chapter 13, somewhere around thir verses 13 to 18, how the Antichrist, or the world ruler that's coming, is going to institute a mark, which I'm going to talk about today, and that you will not be able to buy or sell without that mark. I quoted Executive Order 14067 to you last week. Biden uh, uh, put out this executive order March 9th of 2022, so this is just a little over a year ago, and I'm going to quote it here. The order is to explore the possibility of a U.S. central bank digital currency for government to track behavior, movement, preference, and practical in practical and social engagement. You see, that's ultimately what the globalists want to do, is they want to track so that they can control your life. Why would they want to do that? Well, number one is there are many lusts in this world, right? One lust is the lust for power, isn't it? Another lust that we see, especially in our country, is the lust for money. And I'll tell you something, almost everything involved in this globalist agenda is for money, okay? That's point number three, global currency. Point number four we study is confusion, disinformation, and deception. The very first thing that Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 24, Luke 21, Mark chapter 13 was this. Watch out that no one deceives you. We are seeing deception rolling in like a fog cloud today. When people call evil good, and when, oh, I, mean, I don't even need to get into it. 
all you need to, is to watch the television for about an hour and you're going to say to yourself, holy mackerel, these people are insane. This world is going insane. What used to be perverse is considered normal now. Not by the majority, but by the vocal minority. Okay? <laughs> point number five. Let's see. Point number five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> point number five is the loss of affections. Jesus himself said, in the last days, people will lose, the love of many will grow cold. Let me take this time to read to you 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. We've read this before, but this is... Think about this for just a minute. The Apostle Paul said, there will be terrible times in the last days. So we know we're living in the last days, don't we? The Apostle John we're going to read tonight says that in, we are in the last hour, and that was 2,000 years ago. Now, if we're in the last hour 2,000 years ago, what do you think we're in now? The last five minutes? You know, the last minute or something? Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, but mark this. So this should be marked in your Bible. There will be terrible times in the last days we're going to see that there's going to be a collapse in uh, society, in a financial collapse, moral collapse, there's collapsing happen. There will be terrible times in the last days, he specifies. People will be lovers of themselves. Well, I'm glad that's not happening today. <laughs> lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, they'll be heartless, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, they're going to have road rage, rash, conceited, treacherous, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power. There's going to be a form of some type of godliness but there's not going to be any power behind it. What gives us power as Christians? The Holy Spirit. So we can say that the Holy Spirit is not going to be behind this religious uh, whatever it is that's going to happen in the last days. So point number five is the loss of affection. The love of many will grow old. Point number six, wars and rumors of wars on a global scale. Now, back in Paul's day, you know, they had skirmishes and wars and those type of things on a local scale. But we see here in 1913 to 1917, we had our first world war. Then in 19, and think about how this is only 11 years later. 11 years later, we had World War II starting in 1938 to 1945. Then you have the Korean War, the Vietnamese War, 
the war in the Middle East, Israel's been through probably six or seven wars since 1948. You've got Iraq and Iran. You've got a new thing called cyber wars now. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you depend upon your phone, which is a little computer, by the way, and you feel naked without it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Or your computer. Or I notice that when I get home, what's the first thing I do? Click on the television. Now, I know none of you do that. I, I'm alone in that, aren't I? Right, right. Yeah, cyber wars, ethnic wars. You know, I mean, what ethnicity thinks that they're better than another ethnicity? God created all of us. You know, I mean, this, this was the crux of the Hitlerian doctrine. Hitler believed in the white Aryan race and he was going to get rid of everything else. And he did a pretty good job with about six million people killed. Terrorism, future wars, the Psalm 83 war, which we'll study again, the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, which pits Russia, Iran, Turkey, Syria together in a coalition with other nations to come against Israel. Did you know that Russia, Iran, Turkey, and Syria have a agreements now to defend each other? Yeah. I mean, this stuff is happening right before our eyes, my friends. So when the Bible says, do not stick your head in the sand like an ostrich, that's in 1 Stephen. The book. <laughs> Don't do it, okay? again. Now they're talking about war from space. There's a space race on to try to control the moon. We want to put our flag on the moon so that we own the moon. You know, it says in the Bible, I believe it's in Psalm 2, it says, why do the nations rage? Why do they conspire against God and His anointed one? Do the nations really believe that they can beat God up? <coughs> I mean, are we that stupid as a human race that we believe we can beat God up? We can win. Point number seven. A world in rebellion to Christ. Let me read to you. You don't have to turn there, but in 1 John chapter 2, here's what it says. 1 John chapter 2, I'll be in verse 18. Here's what it says. Dear children, this is John the Revelator uh, writing. He says, this is the last hour. It's not the last day. No, no, it's the last hour, he says. Why does he say that? He says, and as you have heard, the Antichrist, the Antichrist is coming. Okay? Even now many antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them 
belonged to us. You know, we have seen, unfortunately, especially since COVID, a mass exodus from churches. Now, I'm not going to call those people antichrists, okay? God knows who they are, what they are. But you know what? I quoted to you earlier. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some. This is not a suggestion in the Greek. The writer of Hebrews is not suggesting, you know, try to go to church. No. It's in the imperative mood. It is a command. You go and get fellowship with each other. Why? Because they're strengthening that. And your brother or your sister or you may need to hear or get that hug from you, right? That they're not getting from the television. They're not getting from the tree when they go camping instead of going to church. If you couldn't laugh about it, it'd, it'd be sad, wouldn't it? Gee. He goes on to say, and I read another thing, he says, Dear friends, this is in chapter 4, verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. He says, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He says, and he gives us a formula here, which is really cool. John says this, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Oh, oh this should be underlined in your Bible. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that says that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He is God, come in the flesh and made his dwelling in with us as it says in John chapter 1 verse 14 it says that spirit is from God but listen to the rest of it he says this but what does but indicate a contrast huh so he's going to contrast this statement with this he says but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus that Jesus has come in the flesh is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Wow. I really believe that Satan has had in every generation a Napoleon, a Hitler, a Mussolini. He's had someone ready to assume that role of the Antichrist. See, the problem with Satan is he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. So he's got to kind of figure out, is the timing right? Well, the timing is right when God says it's right. And the timing is not near yet, but it's getting closer. So the world is in rebellion with Christ. i got to read something to you out of Revelation chapter 9 that will just blow your mind. You probably already read it. We've studied the book of Revelation four different times. It took us about a year and a half to two and a half years each time, so that's, uh, that's a long time. We've studied the book of Revelation. But listen to this. It's in the tribulation. Around the middle to the last part of the tribulation time. Over half of the world has
has been killed by plagues, by wars, by uh, all kinds of different things. And you would think, right, the people at this point in time would be getting down on their knees and praying to the living God saying, Lord, forgive me. I want to be saved. I want to be saved out of this mess. Revelation chapter 9 verse 20 says this. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. That's harsh. I mean, that's, that's a, a heart-hardened group of people, isn't it? Well, so point number seven was a world in rebellion to Christ. Point number eight. What should we expect next? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Here's what we should expect, and you probably all know some of this. We should expect lawlessness. It's going to increase. We should expect global fear, pandemics. You know, there are many people in the know that don't call the COVID a pandemic. They call it a plandemic, okay? Because many people believe that it was planned. Only God knows, and only the people that planned it know. Yeah. We should expect economic collapse. It's going to happen. You know, uh, they've been talking about it for years, and if you and I ran our household budget the way our government runs its budget, you'd be broke. Not only would you be broke, but the bank would be knocking on your door saying, where's my payments? All creditors would be coming. You know, the only thing I can see wrong with our government is that they don't allow us to print money. Wouldn't that be great if, if we could print money? They get to. Why can't we? But I want to read a couple things to you here, okay? Um, I read extensively. And I'm going to read a couple things to you out of a book called Trajectory, Tracking the Approaching Tribulation Storm. This is a book edited by Terry James, and it's got more than a dozen very uh, intelligent prophecy scholars in this. So the title of this section, this little section here is ID 2020, The Inclusion of the Great and Small in the Mark. Speaking of the mark of the beast, okay? What about people in the remote parts of the earth? Does Bill Gates have a plan to include them in his futuristic world of reward and punishment? The answer is yes, he does. ID2020, that's the name of the program. It's a Microsoft program. You can look it up. Is another Bill Gates and Microsoft scheme that seeks to pro provide the 1.1 billion people 
who live in remote parts of the world with the legal identification they currently lack. He plans to give them this digital ID in the form of a vaccine, of course. Now, they, they talk about a description of it. I don't know if I want to bore you with that. Let me see. Um, I'm going to bore you with it. Okay, it says this, and I quote. This is a quote from the January 22nd, 2020 official Microsoft blog. It says this, as discussions begin this week at the World Economic Forum, Okay, that's a globalist agenda, by the way, headed up by uh, our good buddy Klaus Schwab, whose parents were Nazis. As discussions begin this week at the World Economic Forum, creating universal access to identity is an issue at the top of Microsoft's agenda, and we think technology can be a powerful tool to tackle this challenge. Why would they want to do this? Why would they want to give some pygmy in New Guinea a driver's license? They don't have cars. Why would they need a digital ID? Can anybody give me an answer? They want to track them, huh? Well, yeah, they want to track everybody. You and I have an ID. We've got a driver's license. We've got a social security card. We've got passports. We can be tracked very easily. But I'll tell you, the, the people that live in these, these remote areas can't be because they don't have legal ID. But this is a plan to give them a legal ID. Let me go on. It was last summer that Microsoft took a first step, collaborating with Accenture and Avenade on a blockchain-based identity prototype on Microsoft Azure. Together we pursued this work in support of the ID2020 Alliance, a global, public, private partnership dedicated to aiding the 1.1 billion people around the world who lack any legal form of identity. To say that we were encouraged by its mission would be an understatement. Let me read some more. I know you. start. Um, when I read a book, I yellow mark it, right? And then I put one star if it's interesting, two stars if it's really interesting, and three stars if I've got to repeat it. All of these are three stars, okay? So just bear with me for a minute because uh, let's talk about quantum dot technology. I know that this is old news for all of you, okay? This is marking the right hand or forehead. When the Antichrist comes to power, how will he mark everyone on the planet on the forehead or, forehead or hand? Quantum dot technology answers that question. And I believe this someday will become the means for the Antichrist to deliver his infamous mark and accompanying vaccine to the world's population. Bill Gates in March of 2020, I just read you this, referred to quantum dot technology as the means for implantable vaccine digital certificates. The technology leading to the mark of the beast is about injecting people with something to identify them and control them. 
The digital certificates Gates was referring to are human implantable quantum dot tattoos that researchers at MIT and Rice University are working on as a way to hold vaccination records. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you look at the word mark in Revelation chapter 13, and you go to the original Greek, you can interpret that as a tattoo, okay? Let me read a little bit about quantum dot tattoos, because I know that you're all foaming at the mouth to get this. The quantum dot tattoos involve, listen to this, applying dissolvable sugar-based microneedles that contain a vaccine and fluorescent copper-based quantum dots embedded inside biocompatible micron-scale capsules. Now, at the count of three, everybody repeat that. <laughs> the quantum dot tattoos will likely be supplemented with Bill Gates' other undertaking called ID2020, which is an ambitious pro project by Microsoft to solve the problem of over one billion people who live without recognized IDs. I want to read one more thing to you, okay? And this is pretty interesting. In 1980, a mysterious man under the pseudonym R.C. Christian, that's weird, appeared in Elbert County, Georgia with cash in hand requesting that a local granite company create a unique monument. To this day, the man and the organization he represents remain anonymous. And the monument remains a tribute to what the United Nations would later adopt as almost identical to its sustainable development agenda. It is comprised of ten commandments written in eight languages, with each language carved into the face of each of the four giant granite slabs. The languages perhaps in tribute to the Tower of Babel are English, Spanish, Swahili, Arabic, traditional Chinese, Russian, and Hebrew. Here's a list of the commandments. Let me read them to you. There's ten commandments. Maintain humanity or population under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Do you know how many people are on the planet today? About eight billion. And they want to reduce humanity to 500 million. Now, if you look at the first four courses of the apocalypse in Revelation chapter 6, you'll see that a quarter of the world's population is killed by plagues, by economic distress, by all kinds of different things, and by war. Let me deal with commandment number two. Guide reproduction wisely. Improve fitness and diversity. Doesn't that sound good? We're going to tell you how many babies you can have. Gee, China already has that. And you know what didn't work out very good for China? They've reversed that and are actually paying people now to have babies, especially if they're boys. Unite humanity, this is commandment number three, unite humanity with a living new language. It seems to me like the Tower of Babel incident was about a language that everybody spoke and God didn't like that. And, yeah. Commandment number four, Rule passion, rule faith and tradition, and all things with tempered reason. In other words, 
Oh, yeah, you can, you can go ahead and, and uh, be passionate. You can go ahead and have faith. You can go ahead and have your traditions, although we are going to cancel culture. And be sure that when you share your faith, you don't talk about Jesus Christ. Because that's anathema. You can share any faith you want to, but not Jesus Christ. Commandment number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. It goes right along with commandment number six. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. <laughs> oh, you in America? You want to keep your guns, huh? Well, you know, we took it to the world court and we decided, no, can't keep your guns. Turn them all in. We'll defend you. Mm -hmm. Point number seven. Commandment number seven. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Now when I read this, I said, would that apply to conservatives? How about pastors? Are we useless officials? I mean, after all, during COVID, we were considered what? Non-essential, right? Commandment number eight. Balance personal rights with social duties. Think of China when you do this. China has got a program right now, and I don't know if I have the... Uh, I, I'll see if I can find it to read it to you. How are we doing? Oh, we've got a lot of time left. <laughs> China has a system right now. I'm going to tell you about it as best as I can, just from memory, okay? But it is a, a reward system, if you will. And it's implemented in China right now that if you, if it's based on a point system that gives you, in this case, in the New World Order, it'll be a cryptocurrency, some type of cryptocurrency, that if you do what the state or the government wants you to do, you'll be given points. But if you don't, you're going to be subtracted points. And that's the way it is in China right now. If you don't have the points, you can't travel on a uh, train. If you don't have the points, you can't go to certain restaurants. If you don't have the points, oh yeah, I know you're shocked. It's true, read about it, Google it. In China, they have this merit system, is what it's called. Well, I'll finish up here. Oh, I love this one, point nine, so beautiful. This is a commandment. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. You know, it says, in the Bible, sage, Satan is the angel of light, doesn't it? Yes. Commandment number 10, this is what was written on these granite slabs. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Go out and hug that tree today. <laughs> if you catch a fish, put it back. I can go on. I won't. Okay? Let me just tell you what we're going to do next week, though. Alright? So this was point number eight. What should we expect next? And I've just given you a little taste of what is going on behind the scenes. How many of you, and just raise your hand, how many of you have heard of the things I just read to you? Just a very few, huh? Yeah. Well, the Bible tells us not to be ignorant. So we're going to Find out what's going. What does it say? Uh, keep your friends close, and your enemies closer. And your enemies closer. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I want to know what they're doing. You know why? Because I want to be able to tell people what they're doing. I want to be able to tell people that you should take the Lord your God as a refuge, which we saw in Psalm chapter 11, verse 1. You know, the good news is, is that we're not ignorant. The good news is we know that probably the next great prophecy fulfillment is going to be the rapture. It's going to be the rapture of the church because that's how the world is going to get so screwed up that they're going to need this Antichrist to come in. That they're going to need this economic shakedown and all the rest of this stuff. Is because, excuse me, we are going to be taken out of the world. And you know what? It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we are appointed to receive salvation. We are not appointed to to receive God's wrath. Isn't that good news? Yes. That's good news, my friends. Well, pray with me, would you? Dear Father in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Give me a hunger for your word. Help me to have wisdom. And help me to live the life want me to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for your patience, guys. You didn't do too bad today, huh? Do you guys enjoy this stuff? Yes. Okay. All the counts. Well, that's all we're going to do. We're going to sing the chorus that you've heard many a time while we listen to your children praying. I just felt like it was really appropriate. To go with the message today, it goes like this. If you know it, sing along. If you don't, just listen to good and we'll go through it again. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us praise. Go back to the top. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us praise. Something's gonna happen. The Lord's gonna take control. When the children of the Lord kneel down and pray, He's gonna move mountains, He's gonna save your soul. When the children of the Lord kneel down, kneel down to pray, Oh Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place.